Welcome to Arkansas Row Crops Radio. My name is Ben Thrash, Extension Entomologist for the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. And uh, today we got Nick Bateman and Gus Lorenz with us today. So we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with insects out in some of our row crops. Uh, Nick, you want to kick it off with rice? Yeah, we can. So... You know, we've talked about rice water reels a lot over the past month. Well, I'm, I haven't seen many of adults around here lately. It looks like we're starting to cycle through. Um, so they're probably, I mean, but be aware if you're still going to flood, you know, it's going to be attractive, especially that small rice. So if there are still some around, need to be out there and be vigilant. Uh, as far as rice stink bugs go, you know, we're getting into boot split, getting into late boot and some of these, um, and some of this early rice. And you know that that lines up about time with that fungicide timing, right? And we put that dollar of lambda in there. Uh, you know we don't agree with that. We don't see the benefit of it. We know there's a lot of that going on. Uh, we also think it could be part of the issue we're having with some of the the misses late in the season with rice stink bugs with lambda. But you know our threshold for that for rice stink bugs is going to be five for ten sweeps during that first two weeks of heading, and and ten for ten sweeps the second two weeks. And we're going to wait till we're 75% headed before we start sampling it. Uh, we need a majority of that field headed out before we start sampling. But, you know, based on all the assay work we're doing currently uh, over the past month and a half, it looks like Lambda's working fine now. Uh, but, you know, we need to be checking behind those applications a little quicker than we usually do, you know, three to four days afterwards. And if we're seeing any nymphs behind those applications, that could be a sign that we're, that is a sign that we need to swap to another chemistry and your only other option there is tenchu. Uh, but that's, that's about all that's going on right now in the rice world from yeah, an insect from, standpoint. From what I can see, you know, and, you know, we don't like to make predictions and everything, but, <laughs> you know, because I'm always wrong on that kind of stuff. But, you know, based on what we're seeing on wild host and, in corn and stuff like that there's a lot of rice stink bugs out there and i think when this earliest rice comes out there's going to be a lot of a lot of stink bugs coming into the to the rice fields when when that head starts coming out and that's what attracts those those rice stink bugs to the field is when that when that head starts coming out that's when they really start falling in the field in big numbers and and uh, and i'm you know i I expect to see a lot of fields early, particularly the, these early fields that are the only rice fields in town for the stink bugs, and that's what we normally see is when they, when the when the first fields start heading, they get covered up, and then as more and more rice begins to head, they start dispersing over the landscape. And but I think these earliest fields are liable to take a pretty big hit, don't you, Nick? Yeah, and you know Gus has mentioned those wild host. Uh, so I talked about the assays we were running. So we were up around Tuckerman a few days ago, and there's some Johnson grass up there, and we collected about 800 stink bugs in about 10 minutes. Uh, we were running about five to six per sweep. So there's a lot out there on, on native vegetation right now. We've made another collection out of some barnyard, of course, and uh, Dallas grass. So they're on all these grasses that are up and down the turn rows and ditches right now. Yeah, we've seen that in the past, and sometimes it doesn't mean that when the rice starts heading it, that they fall into the rice like that, but in some years they really can cover it up. Mm -hmm. and, and we've seen numbers as high as, you know, in rice fields that were early heading, you know, over a hundred per 10 sweeps and that kind of thing. So, 
you know, the potential's out there, but I, you know, I think we need to be watching for it. But, you know, like, like you were saying that, that spraying before the head emerges and expecting that to give you some level of control. And what we've seen in the past is people make a early application and then, you know, about a week later, the, the heads start coming out and you get this in, big influx into the field and you have to treat again. And, and sometimes twice because the numbers are so big and, and the potential there is, is it may take two applications this year. And if you, if you make a too early an application, you may be making three applications and that's kind of what we want to avoid. You yeah. know, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Anyway. Well, we'll move over into soybeans. You know, uh, we're still there's still a lot of army worms out there, and they're probably going to keep on keeping on for a while. And uh, so, if you got particularly if you got grassy fields that you're treating with Roundup, you're going through there making your herbicide application. Uh, check that grass out there in the field for army worms before you go across the field. If it's loaded with army worms probably go ahead throw a pyrethroid in the tank and knock those out because uh when those army worms are big they can move over on some beans and really cause some really really quick defoliation uh you know there's still stink bugs out there uh so just keep an eye out for stink bugs uh our moth traps they're still they're still being a little weird for for bull worms we had a we had a trap down south that caught a thousand bollworm moths in four days, but then the rest of our traps, you know, weren't there weren't just a whole lot in them. So yeah, I think there was one that had like three or four hundred in it. And yeah, then one that had eleven hundred, and then the rest of them were like yeah nothing nothing. So it's really weird. It's real spotty. So they're out there. Most of them are probably going to corn, but you need to be out looking in your beans because that you know. They they can still get in those beans, so so keep an eye out there. Yeah, we we were walking some fields the other day, and and there was a, a lot of broadleaf signal grass around, and and the fall army worms were thick in that oh, broadleaf thick. signal grass. It was unbelievable how how many fall army worms there were, and I'm sure you've been hearing about Louisiana and Mississippi uh, both having problems controlling falls with pyrethroid applications and that's that's why we're encouraging if you're going if you use a pyrethroid get behind that application in about three or four days and make sure that you got control of the fall army worms because the, it appears that there may be an issue coming up with a little bit of pyrethroid resistance with this grass strain of fall army worms so something to keep in mind yeah Moving into cotton, uh, right now we're we're in that plant bug situation, and and a lot of people would tell you that the plant bugs are as bad as they've ever seen them for this time of year. You know, we're transitioning into the, getting close to blooming on a lot of cotton right now, and you know, you talk to one guy and his cotton is about half knee high, about nine or ten nodes not much going on not many plant bugs you talk to the guys that got some early planted cotton got got cotton up about knee high and the plant bugs are just unbearable uh, and, and in a lot of cases 
uh, the, the adults coming in the field right now are, are upwards of 14, 15 per 25 sweeps. And, you know, our threshold is eight per 100. So when you get 10, 12, 14 per 25, that's that's a lot of plant bugs moving in the field and they are impacting some square retention in a lot of cases. And it's usually next to corn or where there's a lot of uh, uh, Plains Coreopsis, the yellow flower that you see out there, Black-Eyed Susan or whatever you want to call them. But there is a lot of plant bugs moving into these fields, it seems like, right about the time they, they're getting ready to bloom or starting to bloom. And the numbers are extremely high right now, uh, particularly next to those wild host and corn. And so we encourage you to, to scout those fields next to that corn and then get out some and see what's going on in the middle of the field and look at the difference to see if you can make some border treatments or whatever but in those cases where those plant bug numbers are high and we're in that third week to fourth week of squaring and getting close to bloom and you got those kind of numbers i think a knockdown material plus some diamond uh, and we go with six ounces i know some people got different rates that they like but based on our work that six ounce rate works pl plenty good and and put it put a put some kind of knockdown uh you know you're if you're not blooming you're limited on what you can go with and and it's like if i got those kind of numbers i'm not going with less than two and a half ounces of centric or maybe transform a lot of people don't like to shoot that bullet on transform until they get right into bloom but with the numbers that we're experiencing you know the our our stopper to stop these plant bug populations for the last several years has been has been transformed and that's that's what a lot of people are are resorting to at this point to get control of this situation because we've talked about this several times getting control of these plant bugs before we get into canopy closure is extremely important so all that stuff take it under consideration if you got any questions or problems don't hesitate to give us a call but the but the cotton uh the plant bugs are really bad this year we also got some mites popping in and aphids and that kind of stuff a lot of the secondary stuff that's probably associated with a lot of foliar applications of, of asaphate and other products uh, early in the season for control of thrips and now as a result of that we we're seeing we're seeing uh that kind of situation pop up where we're getting aphids and mites and that kind of thing so just remember if you after the first shot of abomectin you need to change chemistry and try something different like transfer uh or a portal or or zeal or something like that you you need to make a change last thing is the, the milo yeah and we've had a lot of calls on midge this year more so than normal it's just another one of those insects that looks like it it wintered well or whatever but there is a lot of midge out there and definitely the the sugarcane aphid is here and and it's all over the state i think now by now you know they we were seeing it in phillips county and now it's in lee county and it's moving around and and it's showing up if you get out there and scout for it 
uh, sugarcane aphids out there. And if you treat a pyrethroid for midge control, you know what happens with sugarcane aphid. They blow up. So keep that in mind. The bow worms, now that we got head and sorghum everywhere, the, I think the bow, bow worms and fall arming worms are going to move in. And, and there's just a lot of stuff going on with, right now with, with uh, the grain sorghum crop that we got. <coughs> and there's a lot of falls out there in it too. So there's, mm -hmm. I'm getting a lot of calls on, on even uh, Milo that hadn't started heading yet. There's a lot of worms that are already in it. And we don't worry about that too much, about the worms in the vegetative stage of Milo production. We're more concerned about that getting them in the head and, and taking care of them when they when we get one, about one per head is our our threshold on that so considerations for midge you know if you if there's any black hawk out there you might consider that if not you're going to have to treat with something like dimethoate or or a pyrethroid last choice you know in that situation but those are kind of your options give us a call if you're getting get in a situation where you need some help and you think we might might be able to help you uh on those sugarcane aphids we we've been looking at savanto and transform for several years they both do a good job i think you know when you if you had to fire that first shot you might look at at making some border applications it appears like sugarcane aphid is doing the same thing it's done the last several years where it starts on the border of the field and, and, and hangs there for a while before it moves in. So you might be able to make some border applications to catch these sugarcane aphids and buy you some time. So, And on corn, on corn, the southwestern corn borers, uh, they're here over around cotton plant. They're catching around 200 per trap. So if you got any non-BT corn, you really you need to be out there looking, seeing if you got any corn borers, checking your traps and stuff like that. Uh, what else? Anything else, Nick? Okay. All I right. think that's it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on the Arkansas Row Crops Radio.